Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take, episode 24. We're coming into this episode off... I don't even know how to describe the conversations we're having. Intense? Sure. In the midst of figuring out... Existential crises. We probably should have just hit record like 10 minutes ago and you would have gotten a deep insight into the Tim's relationship. <laughs> you know what? Every Everyone needs their image curated a little bit. This is probably better that they not get that raw audio that doesn't exist. This week, are we doing lows, highs, and takes? Yep. Okay. I think you're up first, though. Okay. So we're going to start with a low. Yeah. My highs and lows are both lows and highs, which doesn't really Poetic. make sense, but we'll go with it. So my low at one point this week was that we decided Oliver really just was not sleeping well at all. Mm-hmm. And he's still been in our room, which the American Pediatrics Association recommends that they stay in your room to like six months to a year to significantly reduce the chance of SIDS. And so... No, I didn't. I don't think I actually knew that. <laughs> yes, that is why he's still in our room. Oh, I thought you just wanted him in the room. I mean, I do. My, like, mama heart wants him nearby. But also, like, my follow the rules is like, okay, we can make it to six months. <laughs> oh, God. But he really hasn't been sleeping great. And I started to wonder this week how much we were contributing to him not sleeping great. And also, I was just starting to go a little crazy don't operate the best on little sleep. <laughs> Matt shakes his head. There's no evidence that I'm shaking my head on audio. <laughs> He's shaking his head. So we decided after reading some of our sleep training book, which we had gotten before we even had Oliver. So our book recommended that potentially he has a bit of a pacifier addiction because often he'll wake up and if we insert the pacifier back in his mouth, he'll go back to sleep. And... Which is fine every once in a while, but when you're now having to do it every two or three hours at night, not ideal. So this week we decided that we were going to try to wean him off the pacifier at night, which overall has gone pretty well. This is the low high mix. He actually the last two nights has slept really well, so we haven't given him the pacifier when he's gone to sleep so that he, when he wakes up, he's not missing it because he had it. And that has actually worked really well. He slept almost through the night the last two nights but it's hard the first night he cried and cried and cried when we (laughs) didn't give it to him and i was crying and i was like this is so hard to watch him cry when you could just give it to him because we set a timer for 15 minutes and we said okay if he is still awake at 15 minutes and it was at the 14 minute mark he stopped crying they stopped crying we basically went to sleep but it's still 14 minutes of him crying and you're watching him on the video so you know he's okay safe and stuff but it's just hard to I mean that will be the reality of being parents is doing things for your kid that you know are best for them that they don't necessarily instinctually want and yeah it's tricky and hard but I'm glad he's sleeping better and that it was actually working yeah for all of us yeah so we both did that we also turned on the heat at night which maybe made a difference and it's possible that you might be even able to hear in the background, although I'll try to take it out, the increased sound on the noise machine because I can hear it through the wall in a way that I couldn't hear it in the past. So, whatever, whatever it factor takes. it is, it seemed to help. So. If it hurts the audio quality of this podcast, well worth it. Sorry for the sacrifice. 
So that's my low high. <laughs> my low is just a straight low, and it relates to the intense conversations we were having earlier. <laughs> Rachel doesn't want to delve into it. <laughs> I'll just give a general summary. Friday was a very hard day for me and Oliver. Oliver was fussy because he hadn't slept well the night before, which is never a good combination. And I struggled because he basically didn't want to be put down and he wasn't sleeping for very long. Rachel tells me that 45 minutes is a great nap. A good nap. A good nap. And I believe intellectually that that is probably true. My heart refuses to believe that 45 minutes is a good length of nap time. But it was it's just so hard. And I'd be curious to hear from any parents who have processed this because I'm trying to work out. On the one hand, Fridays is a wonderful day where I get to be with him. On the other hand, it's also my day off. And so I'm trying to think about what are ways I can rest. There are times being with Oliver feels like rest, but especially when he's fussy, it doesn't feel like rest. And then I'm processing the difficult feelings of, am I resenting this baby who does who can't do any better? What kind of twisted world have I gotten in where I resent my own child for interfering with, you know, me reading a book or something? And it just feels all very complicated. And I'm still working through this. It relates to last week when I was talking about balance as kind of a great struggle. I think last episode I suggested like seasonal, the importance of seasonality and being grateful and those things. I think some of it is the reality is you just can't do as much with a child. And I'm, yeah, I'm struggling with that. So I struggled with it on Friday when I was also struggling with him and I'm continuing to struggle with it. So yeah, it's just a low. I don't know. I feel like I don't know how to be a parent, a husband, an employee, and also the individual person I am. Not all at once, but like in the life that I have. It's very hard. The end. That's very solipsistic monologue, but that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, I mean, this is my... Too real? <laughs> too real. Nope, that's that's the honest truth. I mean, this is my high that then kind of became a low. My high was that yesterday on Saturday to combat some of this. We made a plan in the morning and we said, okay, for this time block, you're going to work. And then for this time block, we're going to do this. And I mean, kind of detailed out a good portion of our day. And I mean, knew we were going to go see some friends and see some family. And that wasn't going to be a hard cutoff time or anything. But yeah, and it kind of worked. I thought it was like, oh, we we did stuff. We accomplished things. But also we got to spend time with people that didn't feel rushed or, you know, truncated or anything like that. And so it felt good. And then we tried Mm -hmm. to do that today. And here we are having the same discussion again. And I don't know if I have too high expectations of time together. Maybe the reality of parenthood is that you have to do your own things and one person has to be with a kid way more than you think. And maybe we just have to, instead of planning time apart, we have to plan time together. I don't know, but that feels weird too. It's just hard. I don't know how to make it feel more cohesive for you i think one of our challenges is we are very different social personalities and so we're not only navigating 
we're navigating a pandemic. We're navigating a new child. We're also navigating extrovert you who has far less social time than normal and introvert me who has far more social time than normal. Ironically, we were just talking about this the other day because you're not able to go and be with friends. Those are natural kind of refuel points, but now they're filled with Oliver, which is great. I love Oliver. We're doing a whole podcast about Oliver. That should be clear. But yeah, there's so many things that have shifted. Whereas, yeah, I mean, in, in my imagination of having a kid, not with a pandemic, on a Sunday afternoon, I would go meet up with a friend with coffee and bring Oliver and he would hang out in his stroller while <laughs> we sat there or, you know, something like that. And it's, that's just not how it is right now. Yeah. So I do think it's intensified and we'd be kind to ourselves to remember. It is intensified. That. I don't think the pandemic going away will just solve that. I mean, this really is, if you really chart it out, this is fundamental to our relationship yeah, from so the beginning. I, oh, I know that. <laughs> so we're just trying to work it out with, yeah, varying intensifying factors. I feel like when we went to marriage counseling right after we got married, we didn't really do pre-marriage counseling. We did right after you get married post-marital, counseling. Post-marital, pre-marital. That's what I call it. And I feel like maybe that counselor was the one who said, you will fight about the same things your whole lives. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, we change and we grow as people, but your challenge sticky points as a couple, those are the things you'll fight about 50 years from now. They will continually come up. No. <laughs> And we've definitely gotten better. Like, we used to have... We're certainly better at communicating and yes. processing together. We we kind of know how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... It's hard. It's hard. And the here's what's hard for me. One thing that's hard for me. This whole conversation feels so incredibly selfish. It just feels ridiculously selfish. I talked there for a couple of minutes, and then at the end of it, I'm just like, what kind of stupid low is this that you're Friday... It's just so ridiculous. But then you still feel all that. So then it's like, okay, I feel these things. I feel incredibly selfish for feeling these things. I don't like that I feel selfish. It's a really fascinating kind of layering of emotions. But then my problem is that I then feel selfish because we talk to other people and they're like, oh, yeah, I had to work, you know, eight hours this weekend or I had to work like multiple (laughs) evenings. And I'm like what i would not enjoy that we would be having many conversations and other people just tough it out like i don't understand are we that like opposed in what we need and want or are we just weird that we like spending that much time together and it's just hard to make that work i don't know not that other people don't like spending time together that's a good clarification i do think you are very relational And that's not a blame thing. There is no higher priority for you than relationships. I think that's true to say. I guess so. I mean, other than something like necessary survival or something like that. But when you think about how you would structure your day left to your own devices, you would structure it around relationships. Sure. And time with people. And you would structure it around checking things off the list. (laughs) satisfying my own need to be productive i'm not saying that's healthy this is part of my tension i would much rather at the end of the day be with someone like you who values relationships i would the deepest the deepest best part of me right because i think it's healthy and it draws me out of my purely self-referential productivity 
but that doesn't mean that in my weaker moments i'm not like what is this how do i do all this it's hard yeah but i mean We're, we are making it work yeah and i should also be clear like my wrestling is not with like I don't enjoy spending time with you or I don't enjoy spending time with Oliver other than Friday. I know, I hear that. My wrestling is more with, I don't know how to have it all and I know I can't and then it's really hard. Where do you restrict and where do you pull back when I don't have any desire to pull back from you and Oliver? But you can't pull back from your projects. Well, I mean, that's now, I mean, like I said, I think the conclusion is I have to let go of some of that but that's a hard reality to come to grips with. It's sort of like, this is maybe the more facetious way of putting it. We've gone very long on this, so we should probably move on. But like, I don't think I'm at the moment in my life where I've realized I can't read everything on my reading list yet, which I know cerebrally I can't, but my heart hasn't accepted that reality yet. That feels like an analogy for what I'm going through right now. It's like, I can't do everything. I'm just so curious and want to do so many different things. But yes. I can't. And everyone's listening and just thinking, wow, okay, get on to your highs. Well, you've already that's started. A, yeah, this is part so, of my high that then went wow. low. <laughs> I've, bled, I've bled my low through a low and a high. Let me share my high real quick. Then. Okay, great. Okay. My high was earlier this week. We are at my parents because they'd been watching Oliver. And Oliver was taking a nap and woke up. And they don't have a video monitor. They just have an audio monitor. And so we could hear his cry through it. And in that moment, for whatever reason, maybe it was because I couldn't see him. I was just like, oh, I know my son's cry. You could put that cry in a room with a bunch of other babies and like an emperor penguin, I would be able to find my child because his voice is distinctive to me, like blindfold me. And I think I could go and find Oliver. Which is kind of insane. Yeah, I don't actually know that that's true. I don't want to test that because it would be devastating if it wasn't. But I do think... I think you could. I, I think we both I think could. I think could. And it was just like, oh, yeah. He's not just a baby who cries. He's Oliver, and this is his particular cry. And it doesn't sound like other babies. Not that we're around other babies. I think that's part of it because we haven't been around other babies crying. You don't realize like oh, how much distinct. you know his voice. But in that moment, just hearing it through a monitor and hearing it at removal, I was like, oh, yeah. That's my son. I know him. Yeah. I love him. I can't wait to spend Friday with him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is really sweet, actually. It was really sweet. I, that's why it was a high. It was a really kind of sweet moment for me. Shall we move on to takes? Sure. <laughs> Let's not keep using the podcast as a way to process all of our emotions. <laughs> Folks, and here's a little behind the scenes. In the recording of the first 20 minutes of this episode, which hopefully you get way less than that, we were interrupted by two phone calls, a phone call from a police person, a phone call out to one of the elders at church. It's just like my life is like folding in on itself. Like all the, as I'm processing all these different parts of myself, it's all happening. I'm getting phone calls from it all. Well, if you've made it this far, uh, you are what we're going to call a gold star listener. And you know too much about us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my take this week is you spend a lot of time on the floor as a parent. And it's just really shocking. Like, we have taken to eating a lot of our meals on the floor because if Oliver is already in his bouncer or already doing stuff on the floor, you don't want to disrupt the peace, like status quo, which I'm sure some people are hardline. No, we sit down for family meals every night together. And I'm just like, 
we do sit down for family meals. It's just on the floor. It's just on the they're floor. In, they're inside picnics. So yeah, you just spend lots of time sitting, playing with him, laying around, rolling on the floor. I particularly noticed this because I have really noticed how dirty our floor gets. Oh my gosh. Partly because we do spend so much time on the floor. So my hair is that much closer to the floor that it just is goes out everywhere. <laughs> yes. And, you know, maybe some postpartum hair loss. And then, oh, I think I had a dream that I lost all my hair. Anyway, so then. You that might be the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> so then you also are just closer to the floor and you're looking around and you just see everything in a very different way. And it's just, man, it's rough. It's, you can never keep, you could never keep up with it all. So, That's exactly my problem. <laughs> That's how I feel about cleaning. <laughs> There's always something else. Ugh. Man, if I had millions of dollars, I would hire a cleaner before I did anything else. Interesting. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy other things. Hate cleaning because it's perpetual all the time. Okay, I'll get off It's my too bad we don't have a, a cleaning service sponsor because that would have been the perfect spot to insert Oh, that. man. Please, if we... To get any sponsor, want a cleaning service? Not a millionaire. I'll hire you in a heartbeat. <laughs> anyway, you just spend a lot of time on the floor. Prepare yourself. It's gross down there. <laughs> Prepare yourself. This is the warning episode to future parents. <laughs> Work on those squats now. Brace yourselves <laughs> and find ways to clean things. All right. My take is that apparently there is no teething ring that can substitute for a human finger. Particularly my fingers. Oliver loves to teeth on my finger. Really kind of gnaws it. And this was particularly highlighted this week when he was in the bath. And Rachel walks in and sees him happily teething, kind of chewing on my finger and says, quote, that's what he needs. A giant sausage-like thing about my finger. Which... Felt a little insulting, to be honest, because I don't really think of my fingers. They aren't, for the record, you can't see them, but I'm looking at them now. They're really not sausage size. Sausages are much bigger than my fingers. You have very nice fingers. I was referencing their shape rather than their size. I don't think you were because my finger was also kind of crooked in his mouth, so it wasn't at all the sausage shape. No, Sausages don't bend. You're... Your fingers. My sausages. Exactly. I rest my case. Fortunately, Oliver actually has no teeth, although his gums are suggestive that they are coming. There's bone under there. There's bone under there for sure. But for now, he's not breaking skin. So during bath time, I guess he can use my finger. All right. This has been a doozy. (laughs) We all need some something after this. It's, It's been a journey. Here we are. Listen, if you if you have we're looking for easy fixes here. So if you have an no, easy fix. No, I just said before we started this podcast, Matt, there are no shortcuts to this. Listen, we, we have ha- to figure this out and it's not going to be easy. We literally have tens of listeners. So maybe. <laughs> Ten listeners. Maybe, <laughs> tens. It's multiple tens. Maybe one of them has the easy fix that I just have not been aware of. So you know what? Email it to us at timsteak at gmail.com. Post-pandemic, we'll make you a meal. We'll clean your floors. We'll do anything. That's how desperate we are for the, the shortcut. No, we're not desperate. We're just working it out. That's what I've been saying to you this whole time. No, I want a shortcut. 
Well, I do want a shortcut. I'm just saying we're not desperate. It's not we're not climbing the walls, but it is contributing to our lows for the week. My lows, your lows, your high that is low. Go ahead, Rachel. Bring us home. Till next week. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that. Woo. That. This episode is your tense take.